Hey, what's happening? Welcome to the Influential Communicator, the go-to podcast for your weekly dose of storytelling, speaking, and communication bullets to help you craft stories that sell and deliver presentations that win. I'm your host, Ravi Rajani. So without further wait, let's get into it. When I think of an influential communicator, I think of my guy, Morgan J. Ingram. Okay, so get this. This dude didn't even want to create a personal brand in the first place, but he went from feeling afraid of what people would think of him and actually believing that content creation was the silliest thing ever to having an aha moment that was literally about to change the trajectory of his life. It all came down to this very moment that he watched a documentary by The Rock, aka Dwayne Johnson, and those 60 minutes were life-changing. Learning about how he built his brand in WWE and how it helped him break into the movie industry, Morgan said to himself, hold up, hold up. If The Rock did it, so can I, right? So one personal branding workshop later, Morgan is now a three-times LinkedIn top sales voice, has around 140K followers combined across his social platforms, and is the director of sales execution and evolution at JB sales training and people have pinned him down today to discuss something that is close to me and I know it's close to him and it's all about how to share your story and begin your content creation journey not sustain it not where you are in 10 years and how to grow from there it's about how to begin your content creation journey as a seller dude welcome to the show what's good hey what's going on man I need you to come uh, with me to do all my intros I mean I'm, I'm fired up now let's go <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> the, wor- the worst thing is, is we were talking for about 20 minutes before and I was like, man, we, we got to press record now. Like we, <laughs> otherwise we're going to go for ages. I love it, yeah, man. Yeah, I love it. It's it been a few years, right? Since we last connected. It's been some time. It's been a hot minute. I would say probably right before COVID hit, right? Maybe like, like late 2019, early 2020 is the last time that we've actually had a legit conversation. So, I mean, time flies. Yeah, bro. I think it was a couple of months afterwards and we did something similar like this for, for LinkedIn. But here we are, man. Here we are. And you've gone on to do some amazing things, dude. But I tell you what, I had a fangirl moment when when you said in a LinkedIn post recently that you hosted LinkedIn's Spark event after speaking at it, the, the summit the, the year before. And you had to introduce Ryan Reynolds. I went into my mind. I was like, oh, my God. I had a fangirl moment. I was like... I don't know how I'd react. I'd just be so excited. It would be it would be actually a bit cringy. So how was it for you to introduce Ryan Reynolds at a sales summit, dude? Can we be transparent here? Is it okay for us to be? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So honestly, I'll we're all friends. We're all friends. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you the, the whole the whole thing, right? When I first got the email, I was like, oh, cool. They want me to be a panelist again. And I just was like, oh, that's fine. Like it was like late at night, right? And I'm more attentive like in the morning. So when I opened up it again in the morning, I was like, hold up. They want me to host this and Ryan Reynolds is involved? So I went crazy, right? Like, like I texted my friends. I texted my mom. I was like, yo, they want me to like host this event and Ryan Reynolds is in. Everyone's like going crazy, right? And so when I was like preparing for it like the day of, as I was getting ready to present and they turn on the cameras, my legs are shaking. This hasn't happened in years. And I was just like, what is going on? My hands are shaking. I'm sweating. I'm like, they're like, all right, Morgan, you ready? And I'm like, I would be like, no, no. So get somebody else. They always told me that you have to like, you have to stand in your spot. 
and that's key for everybody. Like when you're nervous, when you're like, I don't really know about this. Like that's the one of the most amazing feelings that you can have because it makes you feel alive again and it shows that you really care. And yeah, man, nailed it. Had a really good time. Great feedback from LinkedIn team. But it was amazing to introduce Ryan Reynolds because I think he's like underrated as like a business person and and what he's done because behind the scenes, not a lot of people like think about it. And obviously, I love Deadpool. So the fact that he was able to redeem himself from Green Lantern to go to Deadpool uh, is amazing to see. So, yeah, man, it was an incredible experience. Dude, I mean, I just like idols, like I would have a poster on my in our room if my <laughs> wife would let me. Like it's on that level. Like I'm obsessed, bro. It's not it's not a healthy yeah. obsession, but man, last time we spoke as well, years ago, you recommended yeah. a book to me, Mumba Mentality. And it's on the list, right? I haven't got it yet. It's on the list. Now, what immediately made me think of you yesterday was I watched the trailer to Magic Johnson's documentary on mm. Apple TV. Tell me, have you seen it? I have not seen it, and it, I'm, now I'm going to see it. I actually didn't yeah. even know it was even out, so I'm going to go see that now. Yeah, it's just a trailer. I don't know if it's out yet, but I immediately thought yeah. of you because I know you're a big fan of basketball and all the greats in that world. So, yeah, man, check it out. Check it out. I think you'll like it. I, I think you'll like it. But sure. listen, man, before we dig deeper into the show today, for context, you really got your start, according to my knowledge, and you can correct me on this, but you really got your start when you launched your YouTube show, The SDR Chronicles, like all those many years ago. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about how that show launched, really you into the content creation world today, and it's allowed you to build yeah. the following and ultimately the business that you've got today. So... Do we want to go even further back on how I started the content or just started content on LinkedIn? Because those are two different stories. Let's go, let's go content all the way back. Let's go, let's go to that specific moment. Cause I actually thought SDR Chronicles was the moment, no. but it sounds like there's something before that. So let's take it back. Let's take it way back. Let's go to the beginning. <laughs> okay. So the personal brand workshop that was mentioned here in the beginning is something that I went to. And it was like in Atlanta and people asked me like what workshop it was. Honestly, y'all, I forgot. Like, I don't even know. Like I just showed up and I was like, here I am. From that, they told me to go do video. I was hesitant, but then I, I actually made my first video. And the first video I might post on LinkedIn one day. I still have it. But the first video that I did was in my car. And I was like going in to, to somewhere at work or whatever. And that's literally it. Like it's me getting excited about a book that I had just finished and it it's an awful video. <laughs> it's it's really bad. <laughs> like, I look back at it, I was like, way too much energy, not good pacing, no hooks, no anything. Like it just was not good. And that's where it all started is I read books and then I gave advice or tips or highlights from the books in a motivational fashion. Now I got a lot of flack for that because people were just saying that I was just talking to talk and I wasn't really bringing any value. And that was okay. Like I just kept doing it and I was completely fine with it. That's why even, you know, people that will hate on me or say anything about me today, it, it doesn't affect me as much because I've had it for, for so long at this point. And that first video that I did was about nine to 10 years ago. So I've been creating videos and, and content for, for a very long time. So I did Facebook videos at first. Then I went into Periscope, which was just live content. And then once I did, once I did that, then I shifted into the SCR Chronicles, which you just talked about. So I wanted to take about even further 
let people know before I even got on LinkedIn, I had already been doing things. I just, I didn't find my lane yet. And the Esther Chronicles is the lane that I found. Man, I never knew that. And you mentioned something yeah. interesting about how you started your journey of not being the quote unquote expert, but being the expert mm. in finding the expert and delivering the nuggets from there. We're going to get into that. We're going to get into that. So let's kick off with, imagine you're somebody who wants to start creating content today, 2022, noisy, noisy world. You want to start sharing your story and creating content. Now you mentioned something interesting in a post of yours two months ago, and it was it was around the idea that you need to focus on yourself and not ultimately compare your chapter two to somebody else's chapter 20, because it will result in yeah. analysis paralysis. So Agreed. would you say when it comes to beginning your content creation journey, that actually doing inner work first before pressing post is the most important thing? Yes, it is. You truly have to understand. And here's the thing. So first and foremost, before I answer this question, it's not like, Hey, go sit out on the weekend, go in the mountains, right? Go do some yoga, and then you're going to come up with the answer. Like, you, you probably won't come up with a clear cut answer, but you do need a directional path. So, you need to understand what does my brand voice need to look like? What is my niche or niche, however you want to say it, right? What do I want to be known for? And what, are, what am I actually going to talk about? Because you don't want to confuse your audience. And I learned in the past that I was just talking about a lot of things. So it probably inherently led to confusion. Now I'm very set on the things that I talk about. So people know, hey, when I think of Morgan, I think of these three to four things, right? So that's what you need to do before you start creating content so that you have a direction that you're going in. So, and it's, I'm glad you said that because that was actually leading into my next few questions. But when it comes to the inner work, is there one question that the listener could ask themselves today to begin that journey? Because the thing with inner work is a lot of people go, man, it sounds boo-boo. Like, how do we actually do yeah. inner work? So is there one question that you've asked yourself recently to dig deeper into anything that you're going through? Wow, this is a really great point that you're making right now because this is something I've been going through for the past couple months uh, and even more hyper-focused the past couple weeks. So we have something in our organization that we call directed discovery. And essentially what it is, is you ask yourself a lot of questions to understand where you need to go next. And then to also unpack your feelings about certain situations. And so in the directive discovery, you know, there, there's things that, you know, I might ask myself and I have like a whole list of questions, by the way, like it's just questions. Inherently, the, the thing about this is you don't always have to have the answer right away. You may not have the answer. But you have to ask these questions. So one of them is like, hey, like, how do I enhance my brand without losing myself? Yeah. Right. Because there's some people who like they'll become a bigger brand, but they mm. do things that inherently they lose themselves in the process. Right. So another thing I ask myself is how do I continuously keep a moral ground as I elevate into different circles? Right. People elevate in circles, certain circles, and they're like, oh, these people are wealthy. Da, da, da. I'm a, but then you lose yourself. You're not, you're not even the same person, right? And then I ask myself, like, okay, like, who are the people that I need to be connecting with? How do I go about and connect with them? What does my brand voice look like? Who are the people that maybe I shouldn't be hanging out with anymore and associating with? Like, how do I create more peace for myself in the next five years? These are the questions that I ask myself. So they are inherently, they are deep, but the thing is, 
this isn't really woo-woo. This is just you being avoided. Most people have the questions that they know they should be asking themselves, but they don't want to ask themselves the questions because they don't want to actually find out the answer. Because the answer might is going to require you to change what you're currently doing, change your habits, and remove you out of your comfort zone. And again, most people like to stay in their comfort zone. That's why it's called that. This is how I go about it. Directed discovery. It's part of like even our mission here at the organization is how do we ask ourselves questions to ultimately get to the end result of where we're looking to go. And you have to be doing this in order to elevate your brand because in order to elevate your brand or your voice, you have to elevate yourself. There's so much good stuff in what you said, but there's three things or two things really that stood out to me is that in your organization, you're having discussions about how to elevate your brand. And if you're a leader listening to this right now, think about the type of conversations that you're having about elevating your team's brand. Because I'll be real, not many people do that. So kudos to you for that. The second thing, man, was I see a lot of the time, and we've all experienced this, where sometimes it's not fear of what random people think about your content when you're starting your journey. It could be that one or two people that actually are in your inner circle and really they don't belong there. So without veering too far away from the topic, how does somebody have an authentic conversation with somebody who's in their inner circle who actually they've outgrown by actually having an authentic conversation with them, they can start their content creation journey because there's no longer that fear of judgment. Wow, this is this is an amazing question. And I know I might I might hurt some of y'all with this one. <laughs> I might I might I might I might hurt some of y'all with this one. So I'm just I'm prepping you because there's two ways to go about this, but this might hurt some people because as you hear me answer this, you're gonna be like, wow, like I'm gonna have to do this, right? I've done this a lot in my life. And I don't like it. I honestly don't like conversation. And it's funny. I don't know if you feel this way. Like when you start having more upfront and transparent conversations with people, people start saying that you like confrontation. I don't know if you've experienced that before. People are like, oh, you like confrontation. It's like, no, I just like clarity and peace. <laughs> like yeah. that's what I like more. I don't like confrontation, but I like my clarity and peace more than confusion. Yeah. Right? You know, it's interesting. I think a lot of it also, I don't know if you feel this way, but a lot of it boils down to the way that you're saying it. So if you psych yourself up for three days, you're like, uh, Jeremy, yeah, I, I don't want to hang out with you anymore. Right. It's like, whoa, that's, that's confrontational. That's aggressive. But if you are coming from a place of speaking from the heart and a very calm, authentic tone of voice, it can feel so different. So for me, I've realized that a lot of it boils down to not just what you say in that moment, but it's the way in which you say it. So I'm going to break this down for you. First of all, I'm going to give you a book. And, you know, there's those people in your life where they recommend a book and you're like, you buy it immediately because it's like, you know, it's going to slap. So like, yeah. I, I got it. Right. And it's basically how to show up for yourself. That's what it's called. How to show up for yourself. Hmm. And, it, and it talks about how to show up for yourself in your relationships with your family, with your best friends. And author is amazing. Uh, I've actually you know chopped up with her. Good people. And I'm even probably going to read through a couple of stuff again because it's just so good for having those hard and transparent conversations. And one of the things that she talks about is how do you have a conversation with somebody, right, that you've essentially outgrown or they're showing no signs of growing themselves, right? Because that's key. They're taking no ownership to grow. So I'm going to talk about the first thing that you can do that I don't recommend this, but it is something you could do. You could ghost this person. You could just not hang out with them anymore and not talk to them, and not address the conversation. That is an option. That is not one that I recommend. I'm going to be clear on that. 
but it is an option that you could do. Now, to be transparent, I feel like that is a coward's way out. If you ghost anyone ever, you're just not really taking ownership in the conversation, especially if this was a friend. I just feel like that's just a coward's way to go out that doesn't really lead to any transparency. And that's not what you would want someone to do to you, right? So, you know, do unto others as you want to be done unto yourself, like golden rule, you know, you could read it in the scripture, like you could read it everywhere. That is the statute of, of most moral backgrounds. I just don't understand why people do it, but I just think it's a coward's way out. You could ghost this person. The second thing is that you could have a transparent conversation, but you don't like, you don't, you don't want to come in hot and be like, Hey, look, I don't like you anymore. I'm done. Right. <laughs> like, no, like what you want to do is first off, you want to ask a question and say, Hey, how do you feel about our friendship right now? You want us to start there. How do you feel about our friendship so far? They're going to say whatever. And then this is where you can have a conversation with anyone and people can inherently be mad with you when you say, start a conversation like this. This is how I feel. Now, the reason for that is because everyone's feelings are validated. It's how you feel. I can't tell you how to feel. If I say something, and you're like, ah, that felt off. I can't invalidate your feelings. That's how you feel. I can't change that. Now, the actions you take off your feeling is where things go wrong, but the feeling itself is validated. So I'm going to say, hey, I feel like as of late, I have been you know, growing. I've been, I've been learning. I've been enhancing myself. And I have not, right? I have not felt that you are also doing the same. And with that, you know, I'm looking to take my life here and I feel like this is where you're comfortable in. This is not to say that we can no longer be acquaintances. I just feel like our relationship is not as close because I'm going here and you're going here. Like, and then basically say like, how do you feel about this? Right. And then that opens up the conversation. So now they may be like, you know what? This is why I'm not growing right now. And they list out those things and you might realize, okay, like, we're actually like on the same page. They're going through some stuff in their life and they're going to get it together. Or you realize that they're just not going to change. And now you have to have a conversation where it's like, we're just not going to be as close. It, when you're cutting off your friends, it's not saying I'm never going to talk to you ever again. It's just saying you're not going to be in the car with me on this journey. And, you know, my friend shared, one of my close friends shared me uh, an Instagram post last night. And it was basically saying like, you have to realize that there's some people who are not going to make the long-term journey with you. They're just not. They're not going to make it from beginning to end. They were there for that portion of the story, but they're not going to make it to the very end. And that's a sad reality, but it also is the reality. And that's why you have to realize that this energy that this person has is weighing down your group, weighing down your ambitions. And that's why I personally have had to re remove a lot of people. It's not easy, but you realize in the long term, it helps you get to that next level. I mean, that what you just mentioned there from a spiritual and personal perspective is one thing that I found the most challenging thing over the past few years, mm. man. I found it so challenging, but the better I've gotten acceptance with it and actually had those difficult conversations, it's just been so much better for me in the long run. And for those of you listening right now, uh, two things to really pick up on, on what Morgan did there. He started with a question, which was open-ended, and it was a focus on them. And I think a lot of the time we go into, here's what I'm going to say. And we go into this monologue like we're Shakespeare. So I like what you did there <laughs> about asking them the question first. And then the second thing was, was about really 
holding your ground and focusing on where you're going and what your North Star is. Because if you don't know what that is, then ultimately it's a weird conversation. So, man, I just want to acknowledge you for the fact that I know you talk a lot about sales and you talk a lot about revenue and communication mm. and sales tips and all that. But the fact you're even reading books like that just shows that you what you can offer the world is so much more than that, man. And I love it. Yeah. I love it. And what's interesting as well is Ladies and gents who are listening to this right now, this is the first step to your content creation journey is really not just putting a bucket under that energy leak, but sewing it up for good. So I appreciate you, bro. I appreciate you. So now somebody's started asking themselves those difficult questions. They've had a few conversations. They're sewing up those energy leaks. Now they're like, okay, I've heard that the riches are in the niches. So there's a lot of noise out there in the world today, right? So what advice would you give somebody who says, I need to niche down, but I don't know what niche I should really follow, like get into, I'm struggling. How does somebody find their niche or niche? So this will give y'all a lot of confidence. It may make some of y'all salty. Yeah, it will give you a lot of confidence. So I've been studying a lot of like reels and TikToks and what is the psychology of good Reels and TikToks. I've watched more than I can count at this point. <laughs> but but the thing is, is that there is this, and most people, you all might have heard this person before, this woman called Miss Excel. All she talks about is Microsoft Excel. She has 700,000 followers on TikTok. All she talks about is Excel. That's it. How do you do merch fields? How do you do? That's all she talks about. She has 700,000 followers. And I'm like, wait, what? And I was like, salty. I was like, yo, what is this? At the same time, I took a step back and I was like, I'm happy for her that she found her lane and she made it cool and she picked Microsoft Excel. So you could be slick salty for a little bit. That's fine. But then you're like, that is awesome. That's amazing that she did that because now it should give everyone the confidence to pick something that are the three things. One, that they're passionate about. Two, that they actually know what to do, right? And three, they have some type of credibility in that thing, right? And that's where you want to start. So there are people literally that have big accounts that all they do is talk about MBA and they have hundreds of thousands of followers. There is someone else, some of y'all may not know this because you don't watch anime, but there's someone else that I follow. All they talk about is Naruto, Dragon Ball Z, and One Piece, and they have hundreds of thousands of followers. And that's all they talk about. There's a kid who's got like three, four, five million followers and all he does is build Legos. My point is, is that like you can get to a point where you can overcomplicate your niche because there's so much noise. Yet, let's go back to what we've been talking about this conversation. You have to have a conversation with yourself. It's not a conversation with the masses on what you should do. You have a conversation with yourself on what you should do. That's why when I started out with the SDR Chronicles, I was like, I'm an SDR. I'm in this role. I'm going to talk about being an SDR. That's very simple, right? And it worked. So it's just, what are you currently doing or you have done that you could speak to that most people don't know anything about? Excel, Legos, anime, sports. I'm giving a couple of examples, but pick one of those things and be like, I'm just going to create for the next 90 days. Let's just see what happens. And that's how you can start picking that niche. What are you passionate about? What do you actually know? And do you have credibility in this topic? 
Those are great three questions, man. Because I think as human beings, we really struggle with FOMO, where it's if I yeah. go this deep in one area, I am so much more than this. I can help so, no, so many people. But one time somebody told me this and they were like, look, everybody wants to be as general as, for example, Tony Robbins. Yeah. But he didn't start with speaking about say, can we, can how to help people this? with mindset. Yeah, yeah, bro. Let's go. This is what I want you all to do. Go back and watch people's first pieces of content. This is why I picked the SR Chronicles, by the way, because I was like, oh, should I just talk about sales? Should I have a discovery? Like, no. In order to truly expand, you have to contract first and pick what village am I going to impact, right? Alexander the Great wasn't like, yo, I'm going to conquer the whole world, so I'm going to send my army out to every single spot. He was like, I'm going to focus here, and then I'm going to go here, and then I'm going to go here. Like, history repeats itself. So I'm going to give you five examples. Everybody knows these people. If you don't, then I don't know. We might, Robbie, you know, you might, we have to talk to him because if you don't know these five people, like I, I just don't know where you're living. So number one, Gary Vaynerchuk. Some people think of Gary Vee and they're like, he does public speaking, he does sales, he does marketing. What did he talk about first? Wine library, wine. bro. Yes. That was it. He only talked about wine. People would get confused. He literally all he did was talk about wine for a thousand episodes. That's all he did. Okay. So focus on one thing. Number two, speaking of another example. What did The Rock do before he was the number one actor? He wrestled. That's it. WWE, all he did is wrestle. Wrestling. That's all he did. The only thing he was doing was wrestling. And then he was like, I'm going to go act. I'm going to get a tequila. Like, now he's doing all his crazy stuff. But like, all he was doing is wrestling. And that's before the football, right? Like, when he really popped off was wrestling, right? So there's one. Eric Thomas. Motivational speaker. People think, oh, he just speaks to team. No, he actually started in the church. Yes. The only thing that he talked to was churches. That was the only thing he did. And that's why he got his name, the hip hop preacher, right? Let's pull up another example because some of y'all don't believe me. Lewis House, Lewis House, school of LinkedIn, right? Le he started with LinkedIn, LinkedIn, didn't LinkedIn he? training. He started with LinkedIn profile training. That's the only thing he did: LinkedIn consulting, LinkedIn profile training. And then he's like, "Oh, let me do this thing, right?" And then you can even add more context to this one. But Tony Robbins, people just think he was just a motivational speaker that came out of nowhere. No, he actually was doing sales training. He actually started out doing sales training and that's how we got to start. So I, I really want y'all to take a step back and do some research on each person because they always start out with a niche. I actually haven't found a person that just started out randomly and the only people you could point to are people who are already wealthy. So you can't pull up the Kardashians because they're already wealthy. That doesn't count. These are people who had to start from somewhere and then they expanded. You could give me anybody and I guarantee you they start off with one thing and then they expanded every single person. Amazon Did books. Like, like I could, I literally could pull, you could give me anyone. I'll be like, mm, they started here. They didn't start general. You get this a blueprint. It's there every time. I hope you lot are listening, man. I hope you lot are listening. It was this funny. It reminds me of a story that somebody told me back in 2018. So I'm on the phone with this dude and he says, yeah. Rav, if I gave you a padlock, okay. And it has four numbers that you need to open it. If I gave you those four numbers, would you be able to open it? And I'm thinking, what the? Like, yeah, man, of course I'll be able to open it. He goes, no, you wouldn't. And I said, why? And he goes, because you don't know which order they go in. And he said, a lot of the time, most people are putting the cart before the horse and ultimately doing the right things, but in the wrong order. And it was very interesting to me because 
I think we've all been there where we have these big ambitions, but who we're looking at is the individuals that have been doing their thing for 20, 30 years and are there now. So I, lo- I love that you mentioned that, man. Really, really important, lady gents. Contract to expand, people. Contract to expand. So say if somebody goes, okay, I've listened to Morgan. I've done the deep work. I found a niche I'm happy with. Like I'm talking about Smurfs. Like I'm going deep, right? I'm going super <laughs> deep. <laughs> like something which not many people are talking about. I'm ready to do 90 days worth of content. Ah, uh, hold up, hold up. But I'm not an expert on Smurfs. How okay. can I add value if I'm not an expert, but I have a passion about it? Okay, cool. We'll, we'll use Smurfs. We'll use a real time example. So first and foremost, we have to think about which platform are people going to consume Smurf content? That's like the first question, right? (laughs) So I don't think it'll be LinkedIn. I'm going to be honest. It's probably not going to be LinkedIn. We're probably not going to go there first. TikTok, you got a chance on TikTok for sure. And I believe you probably have a chance on YouTube. And I would third would be Instagram. So I'll go TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram. Now, you have a passion about Smurfs. Now, the question is, where's that passion coming from? Have you watched a lot of TV shows? Have you watched every single one? That means that if you've watched every single one, now it's time to like do some research about fun facts. Maybe you could talk about fun facts about the Smurf, or maybe you could break down episodes about the Smurfs. Maybe you're a collectible of the Smurfs. It depends on what route you want to go. So I'll give you an example. I watch his channel. He does an amazing job. I don't think I've ever seen his face before. The channel is called Emergency Awesome. And all it talks about is DC, Marvel, Star Wars, and superhero films movies that's it that's all it talks about so like when i watch a movie like i just saw batman the other weekend as soon as i come home i watch emergency awesome because he just knows stuff he's like hey in comic book 831 they had an easter egg at scene three and i'm like bro i would have never known that right but i watch him because i know he knows it i have no idea so he just knows all the comic books he knows the characters he knows how to just tell this great story where i know it pretty i know it but not to his level. He's like all the way up here. I'm like down here. Could you study the Smurfs enough where you could talk about the Easter eggs, talk about what's going on, talk about the history of it, right? Talk about the characters or talk about how this character does this thing and it means this thing from like a psychological standpoint, right? These are things that you could do and I would recommend, but it depends which lane you want to go into, collectibles, TV shows, et cetera. But I would just do that. Like Emergency Awesome just has a good channel and he, and he breaks it down really well. Dude, you know why I say Smurfs? You know Gary V. He's always like, he's always like, man, you, you can talk about the Smurfs and make like eight thousand. So that's why I said that. It just, yeah, I don't know why. It, 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 it just came to me. He does go on random examples. He's like, you know, yeah. if, you, if you see a puddle on the street, you can make content about that. I'm like, bro, I don't think you can. But I get your point, but you're going a little too crazy here, my guy. Yeah, bro, his energy is like a, uh, honestly, he's, I don't know what he's on, but I love it. I love it. So, man, I don't even want to talk about Batman because I'm such a Christian Bale, Nolan fan. I feel like if I watch the new Batman, Robert Pattinson's going to mess it up. All I want to know is this, okay? Is it as good as Christian Bale? Is he as good as Christian Bale as a Batman? He he might. Look, some of y'all might come after me for this one. I've seen all the Batmans. Um, Batman's my favorite by far. Same. Above everyone, even Superman. He did it a phenomenal job. He's competing <sighs> with possibly the best Batman movie we might have seen. It's what? Just saying, I know. It's hard for me to say this. Like, as a Batman, he's right up there. Like, just the way that he did it, you're like, I got mad respect for you. And the only thing that 
edges out like the Christian Bale, Christian Nolan is the fact that Heath Ledger was so phenomenal and there's no one else who could ever top the Joker performance. At the same time, the Riddler did such a good job. He did better than some of the Christian Bale and Nolan movies. So I'm not going to spoil it for you. I'm just saying that, like, I thought he was going to flop. Same. I had, no, I had zero. I had, I had little expectations for him. He blew it out the water and more. He nailed that role on a level that I didn't think that he could. And I gained massive respect for him. And I, whatever the next movie comes out, I'm front row and center. I'm ready. Damn, man. That's big. And I was just like you. I've got little expectations, but I want to go watch it with my dad. But he's a big fan of Batman. I'm a huge Batman fan. So for me, this is important, man. But I digress. Okay, it's so. The dark, it's the dark Batman, man. I know I know, we got to move on, but the, it's the dark <laughs> Batman. Oh, but you know what? It's too, like, for me, I see him as Twilight. I'm like, you're the Twilight guy. I know, which goes back to. <laughs> he, but he, he does so well, you don't even, you wouldn't even realize he was even in that movie. That's how good he did. I mean, this brings it back to that thing of when you're so niche down with your content, you become so known for that, that when it comes to breaking out, some people are going to find it weird. If you're the Smurf dude or do that, and then you want to go and then you want to go talk about NBA. It's like yeah. people are like, oh, I used to talk about Smurfs. Like, what have you done? Like, people are going to be pissed, you know? Yeah. Niche and down has be. its benefits. Nation Down has benefits. Yeah, yeah. But it's got its weaknesses. But let me tell you this, man. So somebody's niche down. Well, they've done the inner work. They've niched down. They found the vehicle, YouTube, to actually talk about the Smurfs or whatever they want to talk about, LinkedIn, wherever it might be. Now they're like, you know what? I feel confident that I want to share my story. Now, my question is for you is, let's take LinkedIn. Let's go back to LinkedIn for a second. When it comes to sharing your story, how vulnerable is too vulnerable? Because a lot of people are fearing what I call the vulnerability hangover. So how vulnerable is too vulnerable when sharing your personal story online? It really does. The variable, not the The variable is how vulnerable do you want to be and what are you sharing on? So for example, if you're like, let's just go back to Mrs. Sell because it's a good example. I haven't seen anything where she's talking about a lot of things personally in detail. It's like, I'm here to give you Excel spreadsheet tips. If your content is around spirituality or healing, right? Or, you know, we talked about this earlier, like soul contracts. Like, yeah, you're going to be probably way more vulnerable if you're like in the mental health, spiritual realm. You're going to have to open up a little bit. Even with sales content, you don't need to be a massive open book. At the same time, though, it because mental health is starting to become more of a topic in sales, you might dive into that a little bit more as well. But also is like, what do you want your brand to be? Right? Like if we go back to Gary Vee, like Gary Vee doesn't talk about much things. He doesn't, he's not like extremely vulnerable. He gives a lot of stories. He gives his perspective, but he's not massively vulnerable. Right? So I just think it really depends on like how you want your brand to be and how you want to connect with your audience. Do you want to be black and white and be like, here's the information. Do you want to be like, here's information, but here I'm being vulnerable. I think also as you grow, that changes. Like I've been more vulnerable and open with certain things over time and telling more stories. When I first started, I didn't care about that. I was like, here's the information. <laughs> Go get results. Now it's changed up a little bit, but also that's because I've grown as well. And that's the key. 
Yeah, man, you you mentioned something interesting as well. Is like you've chosen what you want to be vulnerable about and how it's relevant to your audience. And I think yeah. that's what I want people to take away from this is you actually get to choose people. You don't need to follow somebody who says, I'm talking about this health scare I've had and how it's rocked my family. You, If you're not ready, if you haven't processed it, and if you're not willing to share it just yet, then ultimately- yeah you don't want to use your audience as therapy, right? You want to do the work yeah. and have the takeaways for me anyway, in my opinion, and then come out and say, Hey, this is what I learned from it. But it's all about you and being individual and contextual with the advice of what you're hearing today. So, okay. So you put out that risky content, right? Of sharing your story and you're like, Oh, I can't wait for this to go out to the world. And you get nothing back. And you're like, man, damn it. I'm putting out all this content, but I haven't focused on distribution. It's like having a restaurant with the best recipes, the best food, <laughs> but on a Saturday night, nobody's queuing up to eat there, man. So the question yeah. is, is how from a distribution perspective, can you get people queuing up to ultimately consume your content? What's one distribution strategy you think is important at the start of anybody's journey? I think the biggest thing is batching for distribution, right? Because if you wake up in the morning, like, what do I do? That creates anxiety, that creates paralysis analysis. One of the best things you can do is be like, hey, on a Friday or on a Wednesday, I'm gonna block out an hour to write or do a video. I do video, so that's just the, how I do it. Everyone's different, but you have to make a decision on how you are going to go about that. And then once you make that decision, now you can move, put yourself in a better position moving forward to get the things done that you want to get done. But if the thing is, if you're not taking the time to take a step back and be like, hey, how do I batch my content and create it? That's going to be a conflict and a blocker for you moving forward. So that's just something I just that's just something I want everyone to take into consideration is that you want to batch out the content on a Friday. I do the same thing, hour, hour and a half. And then it's like, okay, editing it, whatever, making your refinements in your posts, and then now putting it out there and just being consistent because ultimately you don't know which posts are going to hit or not. This is what I've also realized too. So it sounds though, from what you're saying is the consistency is the distribution strategy for getting eyeballs because you don't know what's going to work and what's not. So you can't rely, you can't put your eggs in one basket as we say over here in Britain. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's why you. Have to, yeah, yeah. That's why I, went, I sort of took a step back and said you have to batch because you want to start moving in that direction where it's like I'm going to put this out. I'm going to put this out. You don't. Mm. You don't know yet. It's just like mm. with artists, right? Like I'm going to go to Drake. Y'all may not like Drake, but he's got a lot of hits, so we have to point to it. God's plan. One of the biggest stream songs ever, and I think it has. I don't even know. One of the most viewed music videos of all time. I don't know of all time, but it's it's at the top like five or top ten. And literally, he was like, yeah, that was a throwaway song. <laughs> like He was like, yeah, it was a throwaway song. He was supposed to give the beat to somebody else. That's insane. So like, that's what I'm saying. Like, we don't know. Like, we inherently just do not know. Like, I took music business in college. And, like, the algorithm and the math of, of actually getting a viral hit and the things that have to go right is absurd. Hold on. Time out. You took music business at, at college. <laughs> yeah, I took music business as a minor. Yeah. That's sick. I had no yeah. idea, man. That's yeah. super, super I was cool. curious. I was like, how does this even work? Yeah, we actually did some stuff with like some bands. Like, yeah, it was cool. What? That's insane, yeah. man. Listen, I, oh, you know, I'm actually really annoyed because I know we've only got a couple of minutes here. And I feel like we could go, we could <laughs> we go could. on for another could, hour could, because could. let's bring it to the final question I have for you, man, which is, well, actually penultimate, which is 
you've been creating content for years now. And I think the fear that a lot of people have is, is once I get going, what if I want to stop? And ultimately, I'm assuming that your why is so rock solid that the cost of stopping is way worse than the cost of continuing. So for you personally, what the hell keeps you going, man, after all these years? (laughs) Yeah, you know, content's been interesting. Even like for the past, like nine to years, it's just changed. And the platforms have changed. Mm. Uh, from Facebook to Periscope to Twitter to to YouTube to TikTok to LinkedIn, y'all are getting exhausted now. Like there's a lot of Insta- like there's so many platforms, and I've always yeah. taken the time to learn them and figure out what's going on. And LinkedIn has been the biggest platform, and I'm learning other ones along the way. And the reason I keep going is I want to be able to empower and educate people through collaboration and, and doing it ultimately in the right way. There's this deep down drive that I have that. If I do things consistently and can and build a foundation of consistency and empower people in a way that wasn't like weird or slimy or things of that nature, that it could change the way that we go about social media across the board. Not to say I'm the single sole person that can do that, but I believe I can inspire others to do that. And also, like it's just the reason that I believe that I'm here. I have the gift of of certain things, and those translate into education, empowerment, etc. So it just keeps me going because I'm just, I'm hunger. I have just a hunger to keep learning and to keep growing. And also as well to share because I've seen the impact that it's had for other people. And, you know, the thing that I've always said to myself is impact over income. And that's always, always my main focus. I think one of the things that's remarkable about you, bro, is that no matter how much you grow personally, professionally, every time I've connected with you, there's always this mindset of being a lifelong student. It's sometimes you see that when people get to certain levels, when it comes to influence, that they stop and they just continue doing what they're doing. So I acknowledge you for yeah. that, bro. I love it, man. Let me ask you this. When it comes to influential communicators, the final question is, is who do you look up to as somebody who communicates with influence? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I really like Tom Bilyeu. I like his podcast. I like the way yeah. that he goes about it. There's this new podcast called the Pivot Podcast that I really like. It's it's just, it's like Fred Taylor, Ryan Clark, Shannon. Uh, they they bring in active athletes and former athletes and dive deeper into their story and and really and highlight them in a different way. I really really like that. You know, shout out to Gary V. You know, he's always been my guy as well. You know, these are people that I look to. I mean, the Rock, right? I look to emulate them and, and based on what they do. Ladies and gents, that is Morgan J. Ingram. Dude, where can people go to to learn a little bit more about what you're up to? I know you've got the podcast. I know you've got so many different things you're doing inside <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. the JB Sales training. Like, what, what, where can people go? Yeah, you can follow me on LinkedIn. Um, if you do send me a connection request, I may not accept because I have the LinkedIn cap. Uh, don't ask me. And then if you want to see my other content, TikTok, Instagram, etc., at Morgan J. Ingram is where you can find me as well. You'll find him there talking about Smurfs, ladies and gents. And I'm joking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> ladies and gents, Morgan J. Ingram. I'll see you next week for another episode. Peace. Oh, okay, okay. Hold on. So you thought that this was the part of the show where I say something like, okay, ladies and gentlemen, if you did enjoy the show, then please drop us a review and do share it with a friend well i tell you what that's exactly what i'm gonna do i'm gonna be predictable here okay do share it with a friend and do drop us a review if you got some value from today's episode okay so if you want to impact people remember you need to learn how to influence them first Mm -hmm.